Welcome to AFT in Action, a podcast for members of AFT Connecticut-affiliated local unions. We're approximately 30,000 working people in the public and private sectors, teachers and school support staff, nurses and healthcare workers, higher education faculty and public employees in nearly 90 unions across the state. The series provides a deeper dive into issues impacting our members and our movement as part of AFT Connecticut's engagement and communications efforts. Welcome, sisters and brothers, to another episode of AFT in Action. My name is Jan Hockadell, your State Fed President, and your co-host for this episode. Today, we will be discussing the 2022 legislative session, our first in-person session in two years, um, and the wins that we had for AFT Connecticut union members, and a look ahead to the 2022 primary general elections. And to help with the discussion today, we have Ali Sexton, who is a longtime attorney for the Department of Transportation and currently the treasurer for our sister union, A&R, as well as an AFT Connecticut vice president and the chair of a legislative and political action committee known as LPAC. She also knocks more doors than almost anyone I know during an election season. So welcome, Allie. Thank you, Jan. It's good to be here with you. Um, this was a short session, but we got a lot accomplished. Yeah, we did have quite a few victories in the, this past session, You know, starting with securing the contracts for all of our seven AFT Connecticut locals that re represent state employees. Um, for our educators, we won funding for improving indoor air quality in public schools, along with funding, uh, professional development, and needed resources for our paraeducators in our school. And in healthcare, we won reforms to the certificate of need law and won stronger community benefit agreements to protect hospital jobs and services. As a state employee, I was uh, very interested in the contracts passing and uh, I sent my thank yous to all the people who really pushed it, including my legislators, but um, there were a lot of other wins in there too. You are so right. And looking ahead to the 2022 primary and general elections, there were quite a few of our friends running for Secretary of State, Treasurer, and Comptroller, and we have members running, such as Miriam Khan for the 5th House District, uh, Ed Vargas for the 6th House District, Martha Marks for the 20th Senate District, and of course, I'm running for the 13th Senate District. We're going to be knocking on a lot of doors in the future. I'm actually stepping back this year. I'm going to, because of a family health issue, I'm going to step back from knocking doors, but I've um, pledge to take on any role other than knocking doors this year. And if my sister does well, then I will be out knocking doors. And you make sure that you take care of yourself and your sister first. With us today, we have a special guest, Representative Joshua Hall, AFT member, who was elected in 2017 to represent Hartford's 7th House District. And at the time, he was serving as the Vice President of the Hartford Federation of Teachers and an AFT Connecticut Vice President. And in addition to being a longtime educator and now vice principal of Weaver High School in the Hartford School System, he currently serves on the Labor, the Appropriations, and the Finance Committees. So welcome, Representative Hall. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Joshua, you attended public schools in Hartford. So it's interesting that you bring up my public school education, uh, uh, largely because uh, I'm one of eight children. And I actually am the only one of my siblings who actually went from went throughout my education in public school. So I'm the only fully public school uh, hall, as we say, uh, <laughs> in my in my family. As far as becoming an educator, uh, it's something that I always wanted to do way back in high school. Uh, my friends and I actually made a pledge uh, to 
come back and improve our community. And, and I saw education and teaching as the, the way uh, that I could uh, best do that. And actually it was a, a book written about that pledge that we made, it's called The House of Good Hope. And so it talks about the struggles of, of my friends and growing up in Hartford and the challenges and some of the challenges that we experienced and really wanted to make a difference uh, in, in our community. And I, and I saw it as education being the, the one true pathway uh, to, to alleviate some of the challenges that we face uh, here in the city of Hartford. And so uh, after graduating from Norfolk State, I came home and actually began my teaching career uh, at Weaver High School. Um, and then of course, uh, actually my only teaching job was at Weaver High School. I became first vice president of the Hartford Federation of Teachers, left that for 12 years. And now I've returned back to Weaver High School uh, initially as a teacher, but now as assistant principal and really beginning to understand the importance of that and the contributions that teachers make to children's lives and how we really need to make sure we support our teachers and our educators and all of our staff, paras, uh, SPOs, everybody who was involved and intimately involved in, in really producing and ensuring that the next generation uh, thrives so they can ultimately take care of us, right? It's, it's one of those selfish things we need to think about, right? We need to make sure there are there are people that will be able to take care of us in a satisfactory way. So that's what we try to do uh, every single day. Tell us about your experience um, being a legislator during the pandemic with, uh, you know, how it was the same, how it was different and, you know, what it was like to be on Zoom. I, I lost re-election to uh, as president for the HFT. And so I returned to the classroom. And so I returned to the classroom in the, the height of the pandemic. And so I hadn't taught in 12 years, right? And so not only am I trying to learn how to teach again, right? And, and, and engage students on that level, but I'm also a legislator. And so I'm, I'm trying to balance these two worlds where everybody's pulling at you, looking for support, looking for help. And you're just, you're just trying to figure out the best, way, the best way to do it. And so it was a very stressful, anxious time. Uh, and so trying to balance those things was a, was a very, was a very uh, heartening thing that, that, that you really learn a lot about yourself as an individual and what you can manage, what you can deal with and the pressures that, uh, that were occurring. But you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And so I think uh, what, we, what we know now about how resilient we are as people, uh, we are as teachers, we are as educators, we are as uh, legislators, that, that, that I think uh, that we, we learned a lot uh, that we didn't know about ourselves and in, in, in our community that, that can really uh, help us into the future, that, that there's no problem too large, right, that we can't uh, overcome. And I think sometimes in, in education, there is a defeatist mentality that that is too can be too overwhelming sometimes. But I think that what what we learned from going through this pandemic is that we can we can we can do a lot of things, right? We can accomplish a whole lot when we really set our mind and people come together and work collaboratively. And I think that's what happened uh, at the legislature, where uh, both for 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 in the beginning stages that both. Both parties came together because we understood the dynamic uh, that, that was at play. And we knew that uh, when we talk about what's in the best interests of our community, our constituents, people really took that to heart. And, they, and for a period of time, we set aside uh, those differences because we knew this was uh, for 
unfortunately for our healthcare workers, our frontline workers, our retail workers, our fast food workers, all those people that couldn't work from home, we knew that they were relying on us to, to do the work necessary to keep them safe at the end of the day, uh, which, is, which is what our number one charge is, whether I'm a public official or an educator, uh, the people who I'm responsible for, they're relying on me um, to keep them safe. And I think that's what we, we, we tried to keep our mind on, our eyes on. I think we, uh, according to statistics, I think here in Connecticut, we did a pretty good job about trying to keep people safe. And uh, I'm really proud of the work we did uh, as a collective. So Joshua, you, you ran in 2017 on what AFT Connecticut calls labor is your neighbor platform. You sought the Working Family Party endorsement and challenged the Democratic endorsed candidate. What do you say to your students about that? Having them understand the uh, possibility of that happening, which is uh, never before, right? And this, so, so imagine, you know, helping them to understand that that in this world that we live in, that anything is possible when you put your mind to it and you have a support network that's willing to go to bat uh, with you, not for you, but with you. Um, and helping them understand that uh, that the teachers, the principals, the social workers, the parents, that this entire school collective is that support network for you that is trying to lift you up, to move you to the next level. And, and that's, what, that's what it was for me. Uh, just having my union and brothers and sisters there, uh, without, without that, I'm, you're, you're not talking to me as state representative uh, Joshua Hall. Uh, and I'm forever uh, in, in the debt of, of, of my union brothers and sisters. And, and that's why I, I'm always dreaming <laughs> uh, when it comes to the issues that mean so much to, uh, to our brothers and sisters. So, our, so far we've, we've, we've been able to do right by uh, the, the people that I represent, which was my commitment at the time and, and still my commitment today. And it, and it just so happens that, you know, the school I work in, Weaver High School, is in the community that I represent as well. So my students, their parents, their families, um, they're, my, they're my constituents as well. And so it's, it's, it's full circle and it means so much to, to be there every single day, not only uh, trying to educate them for the future, but representing them at the state level as well. So moving on to this past legislative session, obviously as a public employee, a state employee, um, those contracts that you guys passed at, um, and got through from Labor and Public Employees Committee um, right through the legislature was important. And as were other bills that uh, the Labor Committee had, can you just talk about the efforts um, you took and, and were undertaken to um, pass those contracts, which I know are not an easy lift and other bills that were priority bills for the Labor Public Employees Committee this year? Yeah, so, so just from the, the contract perspective, you know, for the past two years at the height of pandemic, uh, our state employees were doing the work that no one else wanted to do. Uh, that was, they were that they were scared to do. And so, and we, we can't call somebody an essential employee and not be essential about the, the, the pay we give them, the health insurance we give them, the pension we provide them. And so that, that was my frame of reference and having those conversations with my colleagues to really help them appreciate that we, we talked about these people being essential, that they could not stay home. They, they were going out doing the work that we couldn't do. Our DCF workers, they still had to go and knock on the, those doors in those trying situations and, and trying to, having to deal with 
of the, the pandemic at the same time and try to help help uh, children and families. And so uh, appreciating that at that level and helping my colleagues understand that uh, was extremely important. And to see the, the, the amount of support those contracts got in the end was very gratifying. But in addition to that, trying to really move the needle on some challenges that the labor movement faces, right? And in, in ensuring, especially around captive audience, all right? And ensuring that that uh, uh, employers aren't taking, uh, taking advantage of our members. Uh, and that was, that was a very important lift for us, uh, this, this uh, legislative session and moving that forward was, uh, was crucial because we know, especially today, uh, especially with the advent of social media and all these other things. And but not only that, that, that corporations and employers are getting increasingly more involved in politics, which, which, you know, it was something they did, but not to the level today. And so we have to be concerned about how that's going to impact somebody who just wants to do their job, right? Who just wants to go to work, uh, do the best for their employer and, and, and the business that they work in and not have to worry about uh, the, the, the noise that's happening outside, but just focused on the good work that they do every single day. So that was important for us to work on. You know, when you were the vice president of the Hartford Teachers Union, I know, because I stood with you, um, you experienced a lot of issues with sick buildings, you know, mold, asbestos, air quality. Can you share, you know, some of your past advocacy regarding the indoor air quality in public schools and how this new law will help them? Finally, we have a legislature and, and a governor willing to move uh, move forward on ensuring the highest quality of, of, of environment, especially within our schools that uh, that could be that could be possibly. And so I'm so encouraged uh, that that this move forward and it's going to continue to move forward to ensure that that health is safety. And, and so I think you know when we talk about pandemic and what you know, the challenges that the pandemic brought, but I think it also opened our eyes to, to making sure that, that health and safety should be at the heart of everything that we do. And so uh, that, that makes you know, passing this legislation that much easier because we talk about indoor air quality because we know that the impact that COVID had and, and how it spread and the things of that nature. So I think it opened a lot of people's eyes that, that health and safety is critical and making sure this legislation passed and, and, and the resources get to the places that are needed the most. And I just have to ask you about one more bill, because I know you have worked hand in hand with the Hartford paraeducators. Um, you know firsthand the struggles that they face. So can you tell us about that, about the recently passed bill that will secure resources and empower these educators, you know, with career advancement opportunities? That is uh, something that we worked on uh, here in Hartford when I was uh, first vice president, trying to find pathways for uh, our support staff, specifically Paris, uh, because we know that they had uh, certain levels of education and that we can just move the needle a little bit more to get them to move to different levels uh, in, within the school system, whether it be teachers, behavior techs, whatever they wanted to do, but just provide those pathways of movement. And so when you provide pathways of movement, you allow more people to uh, to come into the fold and, and provide opportunity for more people. So from my perspective, it's critical. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but my mother was a parent. She was a parent here in, in, in the city of Hartford. And guess what? She was able to take advantage of one of those pathways. And so she was part of a program that paid for her full college education, college tuition, and have to pay a dime. Uh, she gave back to the, to the city of Hartford through her work and her time 
uh, in her commitment. Uh, she became the director of family resource centers. And so we know that these types of programs work when, when paras and other educators, support staff uh, are given the opportunity to really flourish. We can't just talk about this past session. We have to talk about what's coming up in November, which is of course, the whole legislature is being um, is up for election, as are the uh, constitutional and statewide officers. Um, so that's a big uh, that's a you know big deal for um, for both you and for our members. And do you have a message for our members as to why um, these elections matter, and and also for um, our members who may be considering running or actually running for election? Can you, you know, give them a piece of advice? Connecticut is on a trajectory from my perspective that is, that it has us going so far in, in being able to, to be the best of the best. Uh, and that, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen without the dedication of, of our, my fellow colleagues in both the House and the Senate and our constitutional officers that, officers, excuse me, that really put us on that, that trajectory. Uh, the, the due diligence, the work, the dedication, uh, understanding how we want to make sure we impact people's lives. I mean, Connecticut, I mean, we have a $3 billion. I mean, we, I mean, unfortunately, we passed, we passed legislation that doesn't allow us to use the money that, that we have. But I mean, just in, just, just in terms of if we were to go through another, God forbid, another recession, that we would be okay. We'll be, we're in such great shape. And that doesn't happen because, oh, you know, oh, everybody's in great shape, because everybody isn't in great shape. It's because of the policies and, and things we put in place here to ensure uh, that, that we're moving our state forward. Uh, and so just to my brothers and sisters out there who are contemplating, and some of them have given me a call and decided not to run, and some of them have given me a call and decided to run, uh, that we need you. Right, uh, we can only we can only uh, stand on the sidelines so long. We we have to get into that space. Joshua, you are truly amazing. Thank you for joining us as a guest today and for answering our members' questions, but especially for your advocacy as you know, recovery for all champion during the past two legislative sessions. We we really can't thank you enough. Absolutely, it's my pleasure and always. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys uh, are true uh, allies. Uh, accomplices, uh, co-conspirators in, in this move <laughs> to make sure that we move uh, our, not only our, our, our union brothers and sisters forward, but just the entire state of Connecticut. And thank you, Ali, for co-hosting this episode with me and for engaging in the discussion with Joshua. And really thank you for all that you do, you know, not only with the members of ANR, but also for your leadership serving on AFT Connecticut's executive committee and as chair of our LPAC committee. You you're really an inspiration in advocating and engaging members and coworkers in the legislative action during, during session and out of session. So thank you. You're welcome. So as we do at the end of each podcast, I want to thank our members for all they do also every day and for listening to this podcast. And I invite members to submit suggestions and questions for our next episode of AFT in Action. And in July, all of AFT from across the country will gather in Boston for our AFT National Conference. And we hope to review the highlights of the convention in our ne next episode. But please let us know your thoughts. Send comments by email to actnetreply at aftct.org. That's A-C-T-N-E-T-R-E-P-L-Y at sign A-F-T-C-T dot O-R-G. Or you can leave a voice message by dialing 
257-9782 and asking for extension 116. That's 860-257-9782, extension 116. I am looking forward to including your voices and thank you in advance for being heard. That's a wrap for this latest edition of AFT in Action. Additional episodes are available at our Podbean page and social media channels, all of which can be found at aftct.org. Like what you heard? Then share with fellow members and encourage they give it a listen too, and help build the power of the UNI in union. <laughs>